I was born and raised on the West Coast, Tone Loke. The master, the host, the OG town I represent. Well, I'm the mayor, governor, and president. LA, we're sunny all year. The first city to bust the feel of gear. LA, St. Bombers, Sergio Bikini. Venice Beach, home of the fifth bikini. From Common Watch to Pasadena. If you don't see a fly girl, it's a misdemeanor. The town to us down, city by the shore. My boss is in the house, and we're cool and hardcore. You never seen it, it's what's the style of a nest. Welcome to Over the Wall Racing to Recovery, a 3103 media production. Today is Saturday, October 10th, 2020, and I am your gracious and grateful host, Charles West, and I am an alcoholic. My sobriety date is November 9th, 2017. That's 1,067 days ago. That was the honest-to-God last time I had a drink. For an alcoholic like me, that's truly a miracle. This show wouldn't even be possible without it. Show number two, I gotta say, it felt really good to writing in, to be creative, to get my thoughts down on the page and out of the ridiculousness of my mind, and that's what's up there too, pure mayhem. Living inside my mind, my alcoholic mind, is like living in a zoo run by the animals. Seriously, it's a mess up there. Cleanup is an ongoing effort. So get this, first thing I get to do this morning is let my laptop update, Windows updates. Nope, just can't turn on the old machine and get right to work. Right to putting my thoughts down on the screen. Nope, I get to sit and ponder my existence just a little bit longer while Windows is made safer for me. Man, if y'all only knew what really went on behind the scenes. You know, not to mention the fact that I will never be able to get away from the fact that I spent so many years working in that cesspool. I'm literally reminded everywhere I go, between anything running on Windows to seeing a Southwest flight in the air. You can only imagine the constant reminders I get of my career, my failed career. A lot of wasted years. Wasted, unless they can be used for good. To help people, to help others avoid falling into the same pits of agony that I did, or bind hands and help them and climb out together. But that's not why we're here, is it? No, we're here to talk about life, real life, the hard stuff. Where the rubber meets the road type stuff. We're here to talk about things that people don't talk about, and the fact that they don't talk about them only increases the problem. Alcoholism is filthy. Addiction is filthy. It's like cleaning out a drain. Have you ever cleaned out a clogged drain? I mean, like, really disgusting. You know, the kind in the shower where there's just a glop of hair and slime and grime and film and grit and a stench that makes you want to throw up just all over your shoes. You know, I've, I've cleaned a few of those. Ones that made me throw up, maybe not to my shoes, but tried nevertheless. You know, and that's exactly what out, talking about alcoholism and addiction is like to most people. It sucks. But if you want to really get clean, you absolutely have to clean all the bullshit out of the drain first. Otherwise, it's just going to make a bigger mess that gets harder to ignore. And at some point in time, we break down and just clean the drain. You know, odds are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're either an alcoholic or an addict looking for other ways to help work your program. You aren't sure, or someone in your life is mired in the disease or used to be. Maybe you're just curious or doing research for school or work. You know, regardless of which category you're in, you're looking for answers and surely having a hard time finding them, which is how you've managed to find yourself here on my podcast. You know, the important thing to know is that you're not alone, not by a long shot. There's lots of us out here of all flavors, every variety, 
all in various stages of recovery or relapse, ready to talk, ready to listen, ready to help, ready to be of service to those like us. That's why I'm here and likely you too. You know, before I forget, there's something that, that begs mention. You know, the reason I'm doing this is to interact with fans and followers, those out there who need my help. So you need to know how to get in touch with me if you'd, if you'd like to. Email is always the best. You know, my email address is charles at 3103media.com, 3103media.com. Email me. Seriously, I want to hear from you. I want to know if you're listening, and that is the easiest way. But yeah, absolutely email me. Again, charles at 3103media.com. And of course, visit 3103media.com on the web for links to everything else. Yeah, someday this show will need financial support and backing. You know, if you'd like to give to the program, just ask a question. You know, or if you're interested in becoming an investor with 3103 Media, please don't hesitate to email me and we'll figure something out. 3103 Media is a legal Texas entity, so we're legit in everything. I know that sounds a lot like a commercial. I would love to have commercial breaks to come back to from, from someday. How awesome would that be? So yeah, let me know if you're interested in sponsoring the show. I would definitely love to hear from you. Man, I got so much to talk about, so much experience, strength, and hope to share. God has blessed me in so many different ways and journeys in my life, and all of those collective stories and people and places and races and games and just the massive collage of the fabric that has made up my journey so far is the stuff of dreams. And I mean that literally. Some of the most amazing things that have happened to me were things I dreamed about as a child. I saw my first Indy 500 winning race car at the age of six. I dreamed of winning the biggest race in the world in a Pennzoil yellow race car for the decades that followed. That particular dream never came true for me per se, but last year, 2019, my friend Simon Pagino did win the Indy 500, and I was there in victory lane to kiss him on the cheek and share in his jubilation. It was more incredible than I could have ever dreamed. Uh, I've got a picture of the moment, and it's one of my favorite photos ever taken of me. The best thing was, I was sober. In fact, that day was the first time I'd been back to the Indianapolis Motor Speedway since I'd quit drinking. For those who have never seen the brutal glory of Indianapolis Motor Speedway on race day, it's nothing short of sensory overload. There is simply too much to take in. It is by far and large the largest single-day sporting event in the world. You just don't know what it's like until you go there and see it for yourself. It is so magnificent that just doing so annually, man, it becomes ancestral legacy for many families. It's that powerful. Go and see it for yourself someday. Well, wait for this all this pandemic crap to die out first. Don't even get me started there. Such a crocky, you know what? Maybe we'll discuss it someday. But even then... Keep your opinion to yourself, because this is my show, not yours. Whether you agree with me or not, I couldn't care less, and believe me, I never will. Sobriety's blessed me with the ability to recognize my gifts, God's blessings in my life. It also allows me to use them to help others. That's why we're here. That's why you're listening to me. Hopefully, no, prayerfully, something you hear helps you or someone you care about to recover from this horrible disease. And it absolutely is just that. A horrible disease that can never be cured. Only put into pause by something divine, something outside of ourselves. I didn't get sober. I prayed and asked God for sobriety. Then I trusted him to give it to me. And he did. 
Sobriety, therefore, is a gift from God, nothing less. And I'm here to assure you that it is if we earnestly seek it. But seek it, we must. Have faith in it, we must. Work towards it, we must. Trust is a hell of a thing. You either have it or you don't. The best part is you alone have the choice, completely and totally. You are the one who chooses whether to trust something or someone or not. The one thing it is absolutely not is anyone or anything else's fault. Sooner or later, we have to accept the responsibility that we are the ones responsible for our own insecurities, trusts, actions, and behavior. Just remember this. Nobody makes us trust them or distrust them either. That is our decision, and we must accept that. I heard someone say many years ago, you have to trust in your tires. What he was referring to was riding a motorcycle in the rain. You just have to trust your tires. You know, for those wondering how tires work, they basically adhere as best as possible to the road surface, provided, of course, that the road surface itself is optimal. And, of course, optimal conditions mean a clean, dry surface. You want the tires to stick. I had the incredible opportunity to be a VIP guest for Swan Racing several years ago at Texas Motor Speedway, literally right in my own backyard. I can hear the cars on track from home when the wind is is blowing just right. So, yeah. I got to be the team guest for the NASCAR Sprint Cup debut for a guy named Parker Kligerman. Um, really nice guy. I found out uh, him to be one hell of a driver, not to mention one hell of a human being. It was an amazing experience. I was essentially on the pit box for an entire NASCAR Sprint Cup race. A good friend made that happen, and I will never forget that. Something I learned that weekend was how they use Cherry Coke in NASCAR. I know you're wondering, What? Well, before the green flag, they puncture and shake cans of that stuff all over the pit box, over the wall, so that when the crew has to get out there and perform at the top of their ability during a pit stop, they have the maximum amount of grip to aid in their highly choreographed pit stops. It just so happens that Cherry Coke is the stickiest shit available, and that that doesn't violate NASCAR rules about pit box adhesion. You know, at the end of the day, something as simple as Cherry Coke. Cherry Coke increases team and individual trust in their performance or their ability to perform it should however make you question putting cherry coke in your body seriously it's technically a legal glue in the nascar ranks think about a basketball game you know you can clearly hear the audible squeaks of the player's shoes on the court the combination of the grip of those shoes in concert with the athletic ability of the player or what caused them to be able to stop on a dime fake someone out of their own shoes break someone's ankles, and get a clean shot at a jaw-dropping three-pointers. Now think about when that floor gets wet. Players sweat. It's just a fact of the game. You know, and when the court gets wet, you see the court attendants. Folks pay good money, mind you. Get out there and mop up the floor during timeouts and other pauses in the game action. You know, when free throws are being shot on one end of the courts, they're keeping the surface clean and dry as possible on the other end. You have to trust in your shoes, just like you have to trust in your tires just like you have to trust in your higher power. Placing trust in those things sure makes it a lot easier to not only play by the game, but play it well. Trust. My former general manager at Microsoft and I had a talk about trust once. She had just come into the organization from another company and was met immediately with distrust. Rather than accepting her and her background from another company, she was met immediately with skepticism, criticism, 
cynicism, and other downright abusive attitudes from the organization she was hired to lead. You know, our discussion centered around the feedback she was getting from everyone in the district that she needed to work on on herself to earn their trust before they would ever follow her leadership. She was shocked, and so was I. We bonded over this. Neither of us could fathom how an entire corporate culture could be so broken that the default response to a new leader was distrust. I want you to think about rescue animals for a moment. I'm a dog person myself. No offense to the cat lovers out there, but yeah, you do you. No, honestly, I love all animals, cats too. Please don't send me hate mail because you have 39 cats. Anyway, have you ever seen or spent time with an animal that's been abused in the past? And I mean abused. You can actually see the fear in their eyes, and it never leaves. It's one of the most brutal and gut-wrenching things you can witness. Animal abuse is barbaric and evil. What isn't evil is rescuing and loving those animals back to health and happiness. Abused animals can turn out to be some of the most tender-hearted creatures on the planet, able to love and melt the hardest of hearts out there who need such an animal in their lives. They can also turn out to be some of the most vicious, dangerous, and lethal animals you find. Sadly, those must be put down for their own sake and, and for the safety of others. It's tragic indeed. Nobody wants that. The point to make here is that it takes a long time for an abused animal to trust the hand of even the kindest-hearted human being when all they have known from humanity is barbaric torture and excruciating agony. Just reaching out to pet them and show them a little bit of love causes a reactive flinch that reveals the brutality of that animal's experience thus far. Some of them recover. Some never do. Some take a little while. Some not so long. What it takes is the love of a tender heart to heal that wounded animal, to build up their trust. Alcoholics and addicts are a lot like that. Most of us have only known abuse, whether external or what we've managed to do to ourselves. Maybe that's something folks don't realize or even think about. But when I walked through the door of my recovery group, I was just that a whipped and abused dog. That's exactly what I was. That's how I felt. I couldn't get anybody to love me, not even myself. All I'd ever gotten from this world was cruelty and rejection. And the super shitty thing is it was from people I loved the most, that I wanted to love me the most. All I had ever known was the abuse of others. And all I ever wanted to do was love them to the point that they would love me back. That never worked. Nothing I ever did was enough. The longer this went on, the deeper I got into the bottle, or in my case, can, amongst other substances. They gave me the feeling of love and happiness and acceptance and admiration I had never received, ever, from anyone. Up to that point, all I had ever been was used by others in my life, including my own parents. My mother used me to keep my father around. My father used me as an excuse to get out of the house. I won't even get started on my romantic relationships. Not even ready to go there yet. Way too soon for me. At least too soon for this form. My friends know what I had to suffer through, though. They also know what I put myself through and what I put them through. What I put through pe people through that I cared about, trust that were broken and could never been repaired, never be repaired no matter how badly it's needed for the healing of the soul or how completely unnecessary all of it was because you wanted what you wanted was never never there to begin with 
That's the point you realize that you were used. Trust. Once it's broken, it's almost impossible to repair. The integrity of a broken trust is like a broken link in a chain. It can never be fully restored. It will always be the weakest link unless it is reinforced by something else. That something else could be an additional link, or multiple ones. It could be a finely engineered reinforcement of the break. It could be a weld, which introduces new metal to the process while melting and tempering what was already there that, that snapped. You know, whichever way, the original broken trust can never be restored exactly like it was. It takes something else. I don't know everything, at least not like I did when I was 18 or 25 or, hell, even 35. But I do know that the trust that I've broken in my life, the people I've hurt, the relationships I've destroyed through my own destructive behavior, what I do know is that the only possible way for those to be restored to some semblance of normalcy require God, require a higher power. Not that they should be restored. They probably shouldn't for everyone's sake. But if they were to be restored, the only path is through God and trusting Him. Trust is crucial for a relationship. It is not optional. So tread lightly. I had to trust God that He would remove my alcoholism my addictions. I've come to know that I must trust him in everything. Pick up any coin, any U.S. currency at all. It declares right there on the face, in God we trust. Not in money, not in wealth. To be honest, that's where life gets hard. Until I let go and trust him, since that's happened for me, since that has happened for me, he's removed other vices I wasn't even really aware of. My desires, my lusts, my aggression. That list could go on, seriously. Since I let go of something I was holding on to and trusted in Him, in God, in my higher power, He has put on the most spectacular spiritual show in my life. It's been brutal at times, unimaginably rewarding in others. You'll get to hear all about it if you follow and support me. That's what I'm here for anyway, to tell the, all of those stories because my experience is only good if it can be used to help others. My life is not mine to keep. It is here to be shared for others. That's what working my program, my Jesus, and my surrender have done for me. Brought me back into alignment with my God and my Creator who created me to love Him to begin with. i got to trust that He knows what He's doing in my life and quit trying to change all that. I hope, that, I hope that helps somebody who's listening today, whenever and wherever you are. I hope you'll continue listening and supporting us here at 3103 Media, both spiritually and financially. This will be a place with the focus on sharing my experience, strength, and hope for others in recovery and how they can overcome the fear holding back, holding them back from actually living. It's been said that most people die never having really lived. Choose to live. Choose love. Choose God. Choose to trust Him. Those constitute the first leap over the wall necessary to get you racing toward recovery. Are you brave enough to take such a leap of faith? You never know. The life you change might just be your own. Thanks again for listening. Over the Wall Racing to Recovery is a 3103 Media production. Once more, my name is Charles West, and I'm an alcoholic. Email me, charles at 3103media.com. I'd love to hear from you. We can also be found on the web with links to all content at 3103media.com. 
Until next time, keep the rubber side down, hit your marks, and may God's speed bring you home in one piece. Thanks, everybody, and have a great day. I was born and raised on the West Coast, Tone Loke. The master, the host, the OG town I represent. Well, I'm the mayor, governor, and president. LA, we're sunny all year. The first city to bust the feel of gear. LA, St. Bombers, Sergio Bikini. Venice Beach, home of the fifth bikini. From Common Watch to Pasadena. If you don't see a fly girl, it's a misdemeanor. The town to us down, city by the shore. My boss is in the house, and we cool it hardcore. You never seen it, it's what's the style of finesse. Wearing hella shirts, shirts, and pants by guests. You can search the universe, but you never will find another new seat with a style like mine. Cause if you do, we'll battle the hell. Let your head on be cracked like the Liberty Bell. Like a stroke